like to welcome everybody to another edition of the Major Music Lounge. We're actually joined by producer Bishop today. Going to talk to us a little bit about some of the things that he's been doing and a little bit more in terms of music production. So what's good, Bishop? How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Uh, it's looking pretty, pretty good weather here in Florida. Um, and pretty much uh, I've just been messing around every day with something new, uh, whether I'm learning something and trying to put that into practice or making a little beat or something. But how are you today? Oh, man, doing pretty good as well, man. Uh, it's a little bit cold out here in uh, Texas, but, uh, you know, we're making it and uh, just trying to get into, like, back in the swing of things as a new year and, uh, you know, kind of took the month of December off. I wouldn't say completely off, but um, I wasn't doing as much production last month. Had a lot of people visiting from out of town and just uh, kind of wanted to spend time with the family. So, yeah, just really getting back in the swing of things, you know, definitely a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, and to add to that, it, it seems like a lot of people uh, did that in December as well, you know, wanted to spend time with their families, stuff like that. And there was a lot of people that were just, uh, I think, have been working really hard and kind of just sort of recognized that they deserved a little bit of that time as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. We, you know, it's, it's always good, especially as a creator, to just take some time and recharge and, you know, kind of get started again. I feel like, you know, I, as far as like me personally, I feel like when I do those little breaks, I come back with some fresh ideas and it just helps me a little bit more longer term than just trying to push through it. Cause, uh, you know, I don't know if you participated, you may have participated, like for example, in the beat event that happened a couple of months ago, but that's a prime example, just like making beats all the time, making music every day. And while it is good sometimes that you got to refill that creative tank and, you know, it's good to take a step away as well. So yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like how did you get started with music production and how long have you been creating music? Good. So, uh, yeah, uh, my, my music creating, uh, has been for a long time, probably since I was a little dude, uh, I started out learning guitar and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, from there just went to school and I did things in school. Like for instance, I was a marching band. Um, I did jazz band, I did guitar and drums and that. And it, it was just a lot of, um, a lot of music going on there. My dad always listened to uh, bands that had a lot of like uh, technical playing and stuff, you know, people that really played their instruments like Black Sabbath, stuff like that, you know, listened to a lot of real good drummers and guitar players growing up. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't until, you know, I've, I've recorded a long time with a buddy of mine and we always, it, it was more like a, a, a hangout kind of thing, really, I, I would say, because we never really got anything um, successful out of it. It was a lot of fun, long, really mixed up, messy stuff, but it wasn't until last year um, that I began to learn music production that I actually took the step of like, uh, you know, because it, it, where I'm at, it's hard to have a band. It really is. Um, number one, a lot of dads, a lot of dads out there, really hard to get time. And that's understandable, you know what I mean? The family and the kids, and the wife and stuff, they always come first. Uh, and, you know, then there's the job and then maybe some music and stuff like that. It's so, so it's hard to really get serious um, unless you're like recording. And in that case, things can be planned a little differently than live playing. So I kind of stepped back from a wanting to play live with other people and create music that way to uh, this just just seems uh, like more up my alley. You know, I started watching these these Tatro videos because um, I was like, you know, I'm gonna give me a MIDI controller and that's the, that's the guy to go to if you're wondering yeah. uh, what controller to get. Not really, but uh, <laughs> it, it made me, um, it, it gave me like this huge boost because the guy made more sense than um, some of these older fellas that are like, you know, drawn on a dry erase board behind them and it's math and stuff. And I'm just like, it, it's, it's weird. It seems like I've noticed that the the teaching um, like vibe, I guess, for lack of a better term, has gotten so different now. It's a lot younger. It's a lot um, refreshing. It's it's very relatable now, um, and it's it's uh, 
it's it's just I don't know. That's what I got from Tatro, and I and I sort of boosted from there. So basically, this past year, um, I was like, you know, hey, I can actually make some of these sounds uh, because you know you watch some of these uh, fellows on stream, and and they make they they might make something that seems crazy uh, sound design wise, and you're like, dang, now I got all of a sudden I got a brass horn. And he just showed me how to make a little like hip hop lick real quick with that. So now I'm doing these little, you know, and you just start throwing that in the bag. And then eventually you, you add that into songs. And I guess that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm just, I'm finally putting everything together. I just got a new, uh, a machine MK3. So I'm going buck wild on that, learning all kinds of stuff I can. I mean, it's addicting. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much where I am today. Yeah, a lot of similarities in that. Um, I was in band as well, you know, uh, coming up. That was, wow, about 20, a little over 20 years ago. Uh, but uh, I, about a year ago, got back into, like, playing the trumpet. I played a lot of brass instruments in band. Uh, trumpet was pretty much what I started playing, like, way back in middle school. Then when I got to high school, my band director was like, hey, David, we want you to move over to baritone. Learn baritone. Then I got on French horn. And then um, I pretty much alternated in between all three of those. So I can definitely relate to you um, in terms of the band situation. What instrument did you play? Um, so I went through... So I went in and they did not like me wanting to play percussion right off the bat because I never had any uh, band class experience. I couldn't read music and stuff like that. But I've, I've been playing a long time and my it took some convincing, but my parents uh, got them to let me play snare drum. And so I did that in middle school. And then in high school, I did uh, in marching band, I did snare. Uh, but in jazz band, I played both guitar and sometimes drum set off and on. It, it Depend, depend, because there's another kid. He, uh, he, he played the drums and stuff. So, you know, we kind of shared, uh, we kind of shared that and stuff. But, uh, yeah, through, through, throughout that, we went to like uh, marching band competitions. Yeah, we, yeah. We do the symphony band and stuff. They originally tried to have me on uh, trumpet though, <laughs> because you know they try to start you on like an easy, you know, the beginner stuff. Like you ain't ready for percussion yet, kid. And, and so I've, I tried all these things, and I, I couldn't do any of the reed stuff. Uh, because it was just it was just too hard to um, you know finesse my armature or whatever it is that you, you call it the way you you know you uh, move your mouth and stuff it, it was just hard man it was goose honks all day that's all I got was goose honks so it was embarrassing and and I could do like the trombone one kind of uh, but the the best thing I could do was blow on the trumpet mouthpiece <laughs> it was like the easiest thing but you know like I said I. I went to uh, pretty much drums there, so I got schooled in a lot of rhythm, cadences, and things like that as, as far as drums go, you know, especially yeah. snare. I always wanted to. That's uh, an instrument. I always wanted to learn how to play, especially back then. And, I mean, you, you spoke on it. I mean, um, the whole festival thing. And I just remember, actually, we went out to a festival um in what fort walton beach florida i think that was like way back in like 99 or something mm. and uh just the whole feel of those guys playing the snare and just how they were vibing and then even the guys on the kick drum i enjoyed that too i never really got around to learning drums that's probably something you know i may eventually get into at some point and then um you know what i also wanted to ask in reference to like your whole background in, in band is um, has has learning music theory when you were in band uh, helped you out in music production. Big time. Um, and I say this because like it, it's it's a hard thing to, to sort of pinpoint. But my train of thought is like you could make great music with like three notes. But you could also if you it really helps to make what you want to make if you understand context of things and certain techniques and 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 rhythmic moves you not just with the actual notes but with your hands and the way that your hands move there's a lot of muscle memory to it and and just knowing some of these song techniques or or rhythm techniques and stuff like that it it really uh changes things it it just it makes you more confident, I will say, 
for sure because you feel comfortable you feel confident because you 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 can go a lot more places you know what i mean it's easier to find a melody um like not even just putting it into scale mode and stuff like that like if you just do chromatic on this on these pads it is um it's pretty easy for me to find even if i'm in a genre i don't know what's going on it's pretty easy for me to find something that i think um works musically based on stuff i've heard so so in other words i've learned all of this book work and stuff like that and not not that i know a lot about that but um it helps me recognize for music i've heard on the radio and stuff like oh he's just doing that he's just doing that and uh yeah totally it helps me it helps me be more contemporary i guess you know make, make it sound more uh listenable to to the listener yeah i, I totally agree um it kind of felt like when i started producing music you know i knew i already went in with a basic understanding of like scales about measures about timing um about like extending notes versus staccato notes right um, exactly and just a lot of different basic fundamentals of creating music and while it is good to you know i'm not the one and this is an ongoing debate in our you know music production community about guys that don't have a background in music theory, but just pick up like FL Studio, for example, or, you know, any program for that matter, and they just start making beats. But I always say that, you know, regardless of how you came up, I, even me, you know, being involved in music pretty much at since the age of like 13, I'm 40 now, but um, I still like to go back and revisit some of those fundamentals year after year because it helps me in order to create better music. And, you know, just by knowing what song a, I mean, what key a song is in and, you know, little things like that can help you create better music. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm a firm believer in if you don't use it, you kind of tend to lose it type thing. So if you don't keep certain things in the practice, like, for instance, what you said about uh, just fundamentals and stuff, man, some of the best players I've ever known, um, of course, I know some people that just never practice and they're just godly all the time. But but for most people, it, if you just keep practicing every single day, you will stay sharp. You'll you'll and again, that ties into the confidence thing. You know what I mean? You have a lot of practice under your belt. You know, you you, you feel comfortable, especially in front of other people busting something out and trying to kind of free free flow everything. Uh, but it, it and yeah, you're right. Like. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that don't know. I know some people that don't know anything about music. They haven't touched a guitar. They haven't even, like, beat on a desk before, you know what I mean, or tapped their foot. And um, I think that's the core fundamental to all music to me is using your ear, listening skills, and rhythm, feeling. It says a lot about a person if they, you know, tap their foot or nod their head every time they hear something, they just can't help that. I think that is very promising because it, it means you're locking in. You're locking into that groove. If you can't log into that groove, like uh, you know, like a metronome or something, it, it's it's really hard to learn that. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, another thing I kind of wanted to touch on is, um, you know, you're also a you're also a machine user just like I am. Um, and, you know, I noticed you making a, well, first, I guess the first question I got for you is, um, what made you choose machine? Cause I know like for me, um, at the time I've been using machine for probably close to about a little over 10 years or so. But, um, at the time I remember I was using reason and logic a little more. I still use, still use logic, Till this day, um, and a little bit of reason. But one of the things that I liked about machine and at that particular point in time was um, now things have obviously changed, like with MPC and you know uh, Ableton and just a lot of the like controller-based software uh, combination music production music production setups. Um, it was one, it was probably the first one and then came all the other things. And what I liked about it is just the whole ecosystem of the expansions and the workflow of, uh, 
the native instruments ecosystem as well because i also got like the complete control i have the machine jam in addition to machine micro uh but what made you choose machine as far as your production tool so that's um i'm always eager to answer that question so i'm glad you asked it because uh, i could talk about machine all day i really love it um what made me choose that one uh for a while I wanted the mpc because at the beginning, it was all my, all my, you know, Dilly used one, you know, so-and-so used one. Like, like that's, that's what you got to do, man, to get into that. But I realized there has to be kind of like uh, uh, a crossroads where the two worlds meet. Because back then, they used some of this stuff because that's all they had. And it was innovative to actually use some of those things because it wasn't normal to, you know, do this or that. Um so that was actually interesting. If some of those dudes were alive today, I I wonder how many of them would be cracking open Ableton or something, you know? Because I've I've heard RZA talk about that quite a bit. Um, he's like, man, nowadays you could just you could just pop open Ableton and, and click click click, you know. Versus back in the day, uh, you know, when you're pressing buttons on a big piece of hardware and stuff. But um, yeah, so the machine was really fancy to me for that because it was a classic name. Um, and I just, I just wanted it, but, or, or the MPC, I'm sorry, but the machine really took over because of the, like you said, the software, the ecosystem, the expansions, everything that comes out of the machine just sounds good right out of the gates. All of the sounds, the, the groups, the instruments, um, you can even use your own plugins on there, uh, which is crazy. Uh, cause I thought it would only be machine stuff, but, um, even their internal stuff is good. Everything, every, you plug in a sound, it's like halfway sound designed already. It all, everything already sounds good. So that gives me more time to get in there and just create. I just go, I just have fun. It's like a sandbox busting out a Lego set where all the pieces match kind of, I guess that's a good way to, to, to describe it. Um, the effects that are already on some things. Um, and as far as the expansions go, I think they are top quality. I buy a lot of sound packs. So this was like, I was like, man, I, I, I don't think I'll regret a single sound pack on here. Um, like the crate cuts, love oh, that man, one. Love the, that kicks are dusty. And, and I mean, it's great. You can, and you can just go in there and tweak everything. If you don't want the dust, then get rid of the dust. But they're all nice and mixed and uh, they just make me feel creative. So, so big win on that. Um, the workflow looked really good. I noticed there's a lot of videos for the machine. So it's something that I can kind of probably teach myself uh, because there's plenty of information out there. That's, that's kind of how I, I buy new gears. I look at how easy is it going to be for me to, to look up how to do stuff on this. Um, and it, it is, I don't have the standalone one, but I was, I was like, okay, I'm confident I'm not going to be traveling enough to, to require the, the standalone features. So I, I do have a change up to the computer, but um, I mean, I'm fine with that so far. It's, it's, it's been great. It's got all the connections I need pretty much does all of the stuff. I, the, the only thing I don't like is the, um, performance effects it's it's a pain to it's not like the sp404 yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying like you don't just get in there and you got to kind of route things a certain way and get tricky with it um or automate but other than that man the workflow i, I love it it makes me feel like i'm making some hip-hop you know what i mean yeah yeah i totally agree um i, I gotta ask you this because you know, you mentioned expansions. So what would you say? You mentioned crate cuts. What would you say are your favorite expansions? Uh, if you could pick three. Three. Um, dang, man, there's this, there's this one. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like, it was something along the lines of like crate cut style name, something like that, like some like old old digs or something. Maybe I can't I can't remember the name, but I was scrolling down, and it's not quite like lo-fi, but it's very like 
uh, old school, like the drums sound tuned down already. Kind of they, it's it's it was very much like Cray cuts, but uh, less melodic. You know what I mean? A little darker. I I I'll find the name for it and I'll send it to you later. Um, I'm looking now. Uh, oh, you got it pulled up? Yeah, uh, they got a uh, faded reels. Um, basement air. Faded reels was one I wanted. Yeah, yeah, that one. Basement air, that sounds kind of familiar. That one's kind of like a uh, old school hip hop boom bafish type. Yeah, that might that might be the one I'm thinking of then. That one's good. Um, let me see. There's one more that I really enjoyed. Prospect Haze. Um, Prospect Haze. That I'm was favorite that. a kind of kind of on the same along the same lines as like uh, crate cuts and and um, basement era. That one's made by the production team Raw Cuts. I don't know if you used a lot of their samples, um, but I would probably say those three for me: crate cuts, um, prospect haze, and basement era. And um, man, I mean, just the same thing. It, it's gotten to the point where how Native Instruments has that expansion sale every year around Christmas time. Like they had it this past year, and I didn't even. I've, I have so many of the expansions, I didn't even buy anything because there was <laughs> nothing I was interested in. <laughs> well, the, the thing is with that too, man. It's um, you get so much stuff. I know people are just addicted to click and buy. But uh, um, you get so much stuff that where I have to poke around my sounds. Like, I literally have to set a day aside to go through the entire pack of its entirety. Uh, otherwise, it's, it's a, little, a little uncomfortable for me to use a new sound pack that I'm just totally unfamiliar with. Because yeah. um, five minutes later, I'll find a better sound for this and that. And it, it just helps me be more organized if I go up and down the list and I know what everything sounds like, you know? Yeah. Take like a mental picture of what all the kicks sounded like, so I know what I'm pulling from when I make a song out of it. Yeah. But with the but with these native ones, man, they're just they're just so good. It, it, it's they're labeled very nicely. They're they're the groups um, are probably the craziest thing. That's something I like to play with the most because uh, I'll I'll like reverse engineer it. You know, I'll say how did he how did he do that. Um, side chain on that compression you know how deep did he have that input knob you know and it, it it's it's helped me learn it man it's it's not a complicated groove box in my opinion Nah, not at all like uh to any like producers out there who's looking probably like for their first daw or be making program or app definitely want to check out machine. I mean, you can get started as little as like 349 for the micro. And then I think it goes all the way up to probably like about $1,400, $1,500 with the studio. Mm -hmm. uh, so definitely check it out. And the expansions, I mean, you could find either on sale sometimes for half off or you know, at most 50 bucks. And then of course you got a lot of the other instruments that are a part of the machine. Uh, but yeah, definitely check it out listening to your sound because i went through on your uh the link on your page and i listened to a couple of tracks uh you do have that kind of like chill hip-hop sound lo-fi hip-hop sound um who are some of your influences as far as beat making as far as beat making man it's crazy uh i got a lot of old people i draw from like for sure pete rock uh yeah definitely pete rock uh premiere yeah um i i listen to a lot of a lot of old new york hip-hop um i like the way it tells a story you know you you really understand where these folks are coming from in those lyrics but more more contemporary up till now uh you know mf doom yeah rest in all peace. that all that, of course, all all that stuff. Uh, Jay Dilla, this one cat man, um, he makes this—I don't know what you would call it—tropical funk, chill hop, maybe. It's this dude named Flamingosis, okay. and he makes he he makes. You'll hear a lot of like um, a lot of like uh, those those old 
almost shaft guitars with like uh you know some some melodic flutes and then the drums are just going everywhere and you know he makes his stuff on an mpc he's 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 a modern guy i love uh but my 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 range goes everywhere man i constantly listen to different styles of hip-hop um this guy ginseng he makes really great chill lo-fi style stuff that you know, feels good and nostalgic, just gives you a good feeling inside. Uh, sometimes I like to get a little gangster with it. You know what I mean? You know, listen to some Nas and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just, it depends. I feel like hip hop's got a, a, a different genre for every mood now. Yeah. Like, you, like it's great. So you many can, different directions. Absolutely. You could be, you could pick a different, uh, anything. You can get stuff with lyrics, instrumentals. What I like most about hip hop is you, it's almost in some regard it's almost expected to be hearing some instrumental stuff with no lyrics because that that is a very big thing there um with like a lot of rock music and stuff like that because i don't have just a hip-hop background but with like a lot of rock music you kind of need lyrics it needs to be a song you know what i mean otherwise you know nobody wants to sit around and listen to you play guitar all day but uh but you know a beatbox man i don't know just it it changed uh it changed my music world getting this thing for sure it made me feel more uh into the sampling thing it helped me sample better um and as as we talked about before i i think man if you're tired of going to different places and buying different sample packs from different people you can still use those with the machine definitely can still use those for the machine but the the machine packs like I'm comfortable buying more of those, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought, like, really in the last two years, uh, they've cranked out some really good packs, and I'm very anxious to see what they got next coming as far as, like, 2022 releases. Because, um, yeah, a lot of the sample packs that we talked about came out pretty much in the last two years. So uh, we'll see what, what lies ahead. Now, what I want to transition to is... Um, one of the things that I like about you personally is your engagement on social media. Like you post a lot of videos of yourself creating. And I feel like, you know, I've had this conversation with other producers that have been on the podcast as far as um, there are a lot of talented people out there, but they don't really post anything that they're working on and they're not really engaged. And I know some people do it for the love. Some people do it for, you know, they have a passion for music. Some people do it to grow their following. Um, you know, what's your thoughts on creators staying engaged on, on social media as far as putting out content? doesn't have to be anything extensive, like a full-blown music production video on, on how to create a beat, but just showing like what you're working on and, and staying engaged with the people that follow you. I think it's important to do it a little bit, you know, at least like whatever you can manage, you know, within reasons. So, you know, some people uh, are trying to do it more and they have like busy stuff going on. I, I totally get that. But um, for, for those like, like us that are trying to, to engage more and grow their followers and, and for whatever reason they do it, um me as a watcher when i see like the stuff that you're working on i'm like uh i stay i feel more connected with you because i'm like oh oh nice that's uh you know i recognize the the kind of style he's working on i, I you know i i grow more with that person i get to know him better yeah. you know what i mean i see more context more behind the scenes stuff um i like that kind of thing uh i think we're all sort of in a way with this Instagram and all that, I think we're a bit voyeuristic in that, you know, we want to see the real you with, without the perfect lights on you and stuff like that. Um, of course we always want to see that stuff, but, um, there's a lot of channels that I just see are nobody's or not nobody, but that person is not really showing anything. Um, and I've noticed that I favor the ones that are doing stuff every day. Uh, there's this girl drummer that I watch. She's insane with the feet. I mean, her feet can kick. And she posts every single day, not necessarily on a post, but at least in the stories. And the stories, that's, I guess, where your followers are, are seeing everything. 
um, cause it, it doesn't go out of everyone. It's just, just your followers. So getting to see that and I'll react to it and then they react back to like, I don't know. I enjoy engaging. I enjoy writing back to people, especially if they have a question about what I'm doing. You know what I mean? It makes me feel like they appreciate what I'm doing. And obviously, you know, the goal is to be helpful. You know, anytime somebody has a question or a problem or they want to be a little bit like you, I think that's a flattering and uh, B it makes me want to post more. Yeah. But uh, as, as far as why I do it, I, uh, of course, I want to see a little bit of love. You know, it's it's nice to get a little. Um, I really like to know if something's good or not. You know, so that kind of lets me know, hey, a bunch of people really like this. So that sort of gives me a feeling for how I'm doing. You know, as far as the the stuff I'm making, if that makes sense. So I think it could be important for an analytical aspect for you to do that stuff because you can actually, if you care about how that influences your music, people liking it and all that. Um, I think it, it could be a very powerful analytical tool for, for seeing how your stuff's doing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, for one, it, I feel like yourself, me, everybody that follows us, you know, we're kind of like one big producer community and we learn things from each other even like you were mentioning earlier, like let's just suppose you have a new expansion that comes out that I, I'm interested in. I might see you making a beat with it and like, oh, hey, that's pretty cool. I'm gonna go and pick that up or vice versa. Um, and then, I mean, even technique wise, you know, you might be doing some things that I wanna learn. And, you know, for a lot of people that approach me, for example, asking me things about gear or how I did something, um, I do find it like flattering in a way, but, um, I also like, I remember when I was in the shoes of an up and coming producer and, you know, back kind of when I started, we didn't have Instagram, we didn't have like uh Twitter, YouTube, anything like that. So, you know, had to really resort to a lot of reading books or going to other people's studios or having people come out to you and, and, uh, showing you how to do certain techniques or, you know, how to create, I remember like, uh, my mentor, you know, he actually, when I started learning how to create beats, he came down to my house and started to show me how to create beats. And I feel like instead of doing things like that, now it's on social media and we take little nuggets from one person or two people and put them together and, you know, move that forward however we may do and i think for the other aspect of it is like networking kind of like we did you know um i was looking for people to possibly be on the podcast and you know you reached out to me and i think that for me doing this podcast for a year i i noticed like a lot of the relationships that i built have been really great relationships over the last year with a lot of the past producers and it's also helped me grow my network from a standpoint of like maybe somebody that's following them may start to like what I do and then vice versa. Like somebody may hear your interview in a couple of weeks and say, Hey, you know, Brent was cool. Let's mm -hmm. go ahead and I'm going to follow him. And, you know, you never know where that relationship might take you. So I think it, it, in all, it's one big community and we learn a lot. We take a lot from each other. Yeah. So yeah, you bring up a, a point I, I kind of overlooked there. Yeah. The networking is insane nowadays compared to back then. And let, let me tell you, man, the reason I haven't been doing this since I was a kid is because, you know, I'm only 30 now, but man, when I was a kid, it, you know, YouTube wasn't even like it is now. YouTube was just some dude filming a crazy, crazy something that happened. You know, it was Google was barely you know, you didn't just ask anything. It was a different time back then. And I was always told that, you know, you couldn't do that stuff. You couldn't, you couldn't just network. You couldn't go and get a job doing this and make money in music and stuff. So I just never wanted to do that stuff. Now it's the opposite. And I'm so glad I'm here now, at least, you know, better late than never, uh, because you're right. Like I can, I can make stories all the time and people start liking that and they start engaging more 
And next thing you know, this guy wants to collab or something. And then maybe that collab was actually like the one I needed because it was like a good chemistry and it worked and you never know what's going to happen and how well things are going to work uh, with the music thing, man. It, it's, it's the age of information. It's so fast and uh, expansive that it, everything's instant. Like, like you said, you and me, we, we linked up with an idea immediately a long time ago. You know, there's a lot of, correspondence involved with that type of thing you know and i have my people call your people type thing it's it's just um now i i love that you're absolutely right some of these people i i write um they write back and we get involved in things whether that's i need artwork done or um you know i need a little piano part or or just anything man you never know who you're gonna meet you never know who's watching. That's something I always tell uh, yeah. one of my best friends. He's a he's a local um, he's a local artist here, Jeff Jarrett. He's he's amazing. If you, you ever look him up on YouTube, that guy's awesome. Guy can sing. He and I always have this sort of thing where it's like you, you just never know who's watching. You never know who's out there. I mean, you could be playing up there with your guitar, and there's like three people in the whole room. Yeah, but that one guy, man, he might own like. You might own Disney or something. You don't know. Like that guy watched you play like there was a hundred people in that room and he loved it and he had a great night. And then, you know, next thing you know, Hey man, you want to play hard rock or something or whatever. It's just, you'd never know who's, who's watching in that audience. So you, you just, I like that you've been doing this a year now too. I didn't know that. Um, I, I think it's pretty inspiring because you see a lot of podcasts start and you see a lot of podcasts finish. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't see I don't see a lot that still kick it. You know what I mean? So it's it's um yeah, it's great to be here. I'm glad you have me on. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. It is tough. Um, you know, the the biggest thing is is finding people because I kind of made this a weekly deal in some aspects. I may be slightly changing the format around. We'll see. But um yeah, it's one of those things that some weeks I don't have to look for interviews. And then other weeks I got to, you know, go to three, four or five people until I find that one person that wants to come on. And, um, you know, I, I kind of learned how to navigate through it. And I also kind of learned what, what the viewers want to see. Um, instead of doing the interview just for doing it, making sure that, you know, it's a quality conversation that we're having like we're doing right now. And um, a lot of people um, really appreciate, you know, these conversations. And I get I get messages all the time, you know, about like, you know, D that uh, when can I be on the show? I really like this guest. And, you know, it's helped me like a lot of people's networks, including mine, have grown through a lot of these interviews. And it's just something that I want to keep going. And, you know, something else that you said was uh, you never know who's watching. And, you know, it's a, that brings me to, like, a lot of the content that I create as far as, like, beat-making videos, too, because I posted things, like, uh, where I'm making a beat on machine and Native Instruments sees it and they retweet it. And I'm like, wow, you know, like, um, that's something that, I, I wouldn't mind actually doing some work later down the line with native instruments. Uh, like I see a lot of these content creators do. Um, that's kind of like one of, one of my own personal goals with, with the podcast in year two. Yeah. I hope it takes me a lot of great places and beyond. And, you know, I look forward to what's ahead. Definitely look forward to what's ahead. What do you have in fact, you know, for 2022 what's on tap for you? Uh, for 2022, man, um, definitely want to get more uh, creatively hands-on. Instead of just having ideas and thinking about it forever, I want to take more action. And um, something I sleep on quite a bit is wanting to do something that's ambitious, but thinking, I could do that. All I got to do is look up some stuff on that. And then what do I not do? I don't get around to looking up the stuff. So I just put off like, for instance, now I got these lights, like my video started off so bad. The big yellow 
soft at light. It was just yeah. bad angle, shadows everywhere. And it took me a while. And I was like, man, just look up videos on how to do lighting and stuff. And so I bought a couple of things. It doesn't look the best yet, but, uh, you know, that's what a couple of bucks gets you, you know. I got the, the two-tone thing going on. And uh, so things have been slowly coming up. Um, so I think, yeah. So anyway, I'm at, I'm at a point now where I would like to kick off streaming this year. I want to, I'm working on it. It's, it's hard to get everything, uh, the settings right because I have an older laptop and all that, but, um, I'm working all that out. Um, I have some music coming out this year. Um, so I'm signed up with all the stuff I need distro kid to release. Um, and man, I have like back burner goals to do some other things, but I think right now that's, that's like enough on the plate. You know what I mean? Cause I want to stream. I want to focus on that. I want to release my music, my personal music. Cause I do want to help other people work on their music. But I think, I think a lot of that focus can tie into the streaming as well, because yeah. what I want to do with my stream, man, is like um, help people get into finger drumming and stuff like that. People that aren't, People that don't know what's going on with like, how do I make hip hop drums? How do I make that kick sound swung? And and how more so, how can I do that live? I like the performance playing. Um, that's something I've been wanting to get better at forever and finally started getting down with that. Um, and I want to also show people, you know, kind of like Tatro does, but with like the drum aspect more so, you know, keep it a little less... Um, uh, broad, he does like a whole song, you know, and teaches you all kinds of things. I want to be like, look, this is where the kick, kick needs to be. You know, you need to do this and that maybe. Um, and also I have some tricks for like how to get Ableton to do that with drum rack that I really kind of want to get out there. Cause if anybody's like me, when all I had was this launch key, I couldn't really make drums like that. So I had to set up drum rack in a way that kind of played sort of like an MPC. So there's, there's ways you can, you can make it jam out, you know, and make do with the stuff that you have. Cause man, this thing is like seven, 700 bones. So but it ain't cheap, but uh, like you said, the micro is definitely affordable. And I think there's even an MPC that's um, yeah along those lines it's like a mini isn't there something like that they came out i think uh mpc studio maybe yeah yeah and yeah i think it's called the studio it's it's about the size of the uh micro no and it's uh yeah about the size of the micro mm -hmm. and it's really just a controller uh to use the mpc software mm -hmm. um and not a standalone device but yeah, if you're looking to get into like Akai, um, and plus you can use it with any other application. Uh, I think you could even use it with the MPC, iMPC apps on the iPad. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you're looking at like three, at least three forty nine. I think it might be three fifty nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least at least for the uh, square layout with the pads. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? To, yeah. to try to get into that because. Man, I tell you, it is hard because my launch key, they're all laid out in this horizontal line. And it's just, it's good for sampling and stuff. But if you're trying to lay down a performance beat, um, you know, like I do in a lot of, in a lot of my videos, it's, uh, it's, it's next to, it's impossibly uncomfortable. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's not fun to make a beat on that. But uh, yeah, like I said, on this thing, man, Highly recommend the square pads if you're just trying to get into it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, kind of back to another thing you said, uh, you know, I want to get into some streaming myself this year at some point. Um, I haven't really decided on, you know, what that what that's going to look like. You know, maybe some nights I'll get on and make a beat, you know, with, with the community and take questions and things like that. And thinking also maybe even like, bringing not necessarily a lengthy podcast session but maybe like i don't know a 20 30 minute session with somebody that you know we could just talk online and things like that um the interview that an interview that the community can see and um i, I just want to get into streaming 
the main thing is learning one of these applications and also finding something compatible. Because at the time, a year ago, um, I had actually looked into StreamYard, but StreamYard, I don't think at the time was kept was compatible with Apple Silicon with mm. one processor. So hopefully they fix that and um, I'll get back into StreamYard. But yeah, I want to, I want to do some streaming because I feel like that's where everything is now. And, you know, even if you don't have a lot of people in your live stream, it's still content that people can come back to watch as well. Cause you know, not everybody's going to be in the live session. In fact, I catch most of the lives that I watch after they're done. Mm, oh yeah. Uh, Cause I don't, I don't like to like, I'm weird, man. I actually, I can't sit in front of the computer to watch it like this but I have Apple TV and I like to watch like the live streams on there. Only drawback to Apple TV is you can't type in the comments because uh, oh, there's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no section, but I rather, I prefer sitting and watching those streams on my Apple TV. And sometimes I may get on my <laughs> phone and, and type in a comment if I really want to say something bad enough. Um, and then as far as releasing music, uh, it's going to be like a lot of instrumental projects or you also into like, uh, singing or, you know, rapping or anything like that. Um, oh man. So both, um, I, I like to, so, so I make the beats. I try not to like sing on them cause it's just, I'm, a, I'm way out of my element there. You know, a little, I'm a little too, uh, you know, it just, it just, it's goofy, man. I don't, I don't need to be like rapping and stuff, but, uh, um, I love people that do, and I love working with people that do. It would be nice to find somebody that is along those lines of those old school artists, because I do love that style. I don't like things like, I just like old school. I, I want those old school vocals, man. I want to hear some like Nas style. I want to hear, um big l style like oh, somebody yeah. with somebody with a personal flow that's them you know and and just and just goes in with with the way they carried those flows because now it's almost all melody now it's just yeah. so much melody and it's it just uh just don't that's you, you get the vibe i want to go to with with that but um i'm a big instrumental guy too uh, the reason I want to make more stuff with vocals, though, is because uh, it's a lot. It's something I'm trying. I don't really. It, it's not something that's going to make or break me. But I've heard a lot of like Timbaland, T Pain, guys like those. They won't even listen to a, a instrumental beat. So if I could somehow make something good with a vocal on it, and it just you know send it out into space, and somehow it it crashes on the right asteroid or something and somebody liked it like you know it that'd be great but like i said it wouldn't make or break it's just something i want to do more in my mind i'm conscious hey you should probably get a couple of vocal tracks out there just to kind of have that under your belt and i would i would like to do that more because uh you know it also shows off some of your talent with working with a vocalist as well and that could maybe for for me, music cover all your bases. You never know what kind of thing you might be doing next year. So so just showcase your talent, and maybe in two years, you never thought that you'd be mixing for a vocalist or something like that. But now here you are. You know, if if you'd uh, never worked with vocals, you'd never been doing something like that. You know, and that might be a way better job than you've ever had. So I don't know. I always think about stuff like that. It's, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I used to have this thing about hearing my own voice on a record, but uh, eventually I got used to it, and you know, it, it's not that much of an issue to me anymore, man. I can't wait to hear what you what you uh, come out with, man. So definitely, you know, keep me posted on that. Oh, for sure. I have I have a few going on right now that I'm keeping. I I try to keep things kind of quiet. I've got some stuff on Instagram that's more like. You know, I'm I'm giving the uh, I'm throwing a couple of kib pieces of kibble in the koi pond. You know what I mean? Like here, here y'all go, here y'all go. Some some stuff that I'm doing behind the scenes and stuff. But um, I do have a couple that I'm I'm trying to release, but I'm trying to be better at uh, not showing when I every time I create eight bars. You know, not just going, hey y'all, yeah. check out this 
check out this fire weed I got. And it's just thinking far as like, <laughs> you know, I try, I try to hold myself accountable to actually work on the music and finish it now. So yeah. I've, I've, I've got some good ones on there. I know that feeling. It gets tough sometimes. Um, where can our viewers and our listeners find you online and all of your music and content? Um, so <clears throat> most of my stuff is going to be on, I try to keep Instagram, I guess, is my hub. So Bishop underscore 91 on Instagram is probably the best way to kind of see what I'm up to because I do post my updates and stuff there. Um, my Spotify right now, my, I'm going under my real name, Brent Bishop. So you can, you can pretty much, you'll find all the links on Instagram. Honestly, I have my audience page there. So you can find my current music that I, uh, you know, haven't mastered or released. It's just kind of just needs to be somewhere and be shared, you know, might be stuff that didn't make the cut, you know, yeah. uh, but you can enjoy that stuff there. Um, my YouTube, you, you'll find all the links and stuff on, uh, on my Instagram. Definitely, definitely. Well, hey, Bishop, um, it was definitely, you know, a pleasure having this conversation with you. And, you know, first and foremost, I appreciate you reaching out. Um, you're actually the first person that's going to be a part of season three. So, you know, that's um, awesome. looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, anytime you have any type of you know, new music, new content, whatever that looks like, um, you know, definitely feel free to reach out to me and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do this again, man. I really appreciate you. Awesome, man. Yeah. I, I, I'll be more than glappy to glappy. <laughs> I'll be more than happy to send you, uh, uh, all my new stuff, man. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. Here we are networking. You know what I mean? Yeah, the power of networking, the power of networking. Got to get out there and network on Instagram uh, too. Oh yeah. That's yeah, how I we met, man. Had a lot of like uh that's probably my my favorite place to meet other creators and producers is Instagram. So, you know, definitely it's, it seems like that's where everybody's at. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's easy to find each other on there. Yeah. It, it's funny because I'm all over these networks, but I feel like Instagram is my place for music production. Mm. Twitter's my place for sports. And Facebook is kind of like friends and coworkers. So. <laughs> for sure. It's definitely like that. I think, I think everybody feels the same way, for sure. For sure. Um, like to thank everybody for watching this episode of the Major Music Lounge. You can actually listen to episodes on, you can actually listen to episodes on every podcast platform, as well as watch new episodes of the Major Music Lounge on YouTube. And you can follow me also on Instagram at d.underscore This has been another edition of the Major Music Lounge, and we are out. <laughs>